Hey everybody, welcome back to Q-Tips. We are the Video Story Junkies and we are back once again to bring you a few selections to watch over the weekend on streaming. And we're going to get right into this and I will throw it to Paul. Oh, why thank you, Renee. Uh, so my theme this week is uh, pieces that are very darkly comedic, but also borderline on possibly nightmarish and also anxiety inducing and also are a bit divisive among the people who watch them. Uh, so my first my first uh, pick is Bo is Afraid by uh, Ari Asher, uh, Aster. It's uh, currently playing on Fubo and uh, Paramount Plus with Showtime and Hoopla. So this flick, so Ari Asher is, is he was originally came out with um, Hereditary, which was this really... Uh, disturbing horror flick and then a second film was midsummer or midsummer depending on how you pronounce it and everyone was kind of like it's a horror film but apparently find find out later that ari aster's like no i consider it a dark comedy so <laughs> i'd have to go back and rewatch that one that way but that kind of gives you an idea of what he thinks of things so bo is afraid is actually a really dark comedy um but it's funny because a lot of people are like ah it's also very uncomfortable it's three hours long, um, fairly episodic. It stars Joaquin Phoenix as Bo, who has to go across town to visit his mother. Um, and he has immense anxieties. Um, uh, it's it's very surreal. It's very, very funny, but also very dark and also will just make you very, very uncomfortable at the same time. But still is fantastic. I mean, there are people who absolutely hate it. There are other people who are going to love it. Some people are like, it's too long. It's too episodic. But those same people will sit down and watch, you know, binge five hours of a TV series. Treat it that way, I think. Anyway, it's got Joaquin Phoenix. Patty Lapone plays his mother. She's fantastic in it. Zoe Lister-Jones plays a young version of his mother. She's fantastic. Nathan Lane shows up. Amy Ryan. Parker Posey. Richard mm -hmm. Kind. Um, I loved it. Uh, I think my mom loved it, too. It was, it's, uh, someone once said it's sort of like, uh, the, the ultimate Jewish guilt trip film as well. Um, but, uh, I think it's worth giving it a shot. And when you watch it, make sure, remember that it is a comedy. Cause when I first watched it in the theater, it was funny. Cause like, you could tell the audience was like, wait, am I, is, is this supposed to be funny? I, I don't, I don't know. It's so uncomfortable. And then, then you could get, start seeing people starting to get the comedy mm -hmm. in it. But it definitely hits horror, definitely hits drama. The different segments uh, all do feel kind of very different. And, and it's also one of those ones you don't don't watch it and go, so what was really happening? Is this in his mind? Just watch it and take it almost like a tone poem, almost like a fable. Um, I, I loved it. Uh, you may end up watching it and absolutely hating it and want to, you know, kill me. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, great, great flick. I loved it. And speaking of people that everybody loves, I'll pass this to Bill. Why, thank you. Thank you. Good to be back. Um, so I'm kind of in a nostalgic frame of mind these days. So I, I kind of went back to a couple of films, one that I could almost never find, and one that was on, I, I think, at least every other week, both from the amazing Ray Harryhausen, who is the, the special effects stop-motion artist who really got me to love movies. Uh, the first one... And this one was very hard to find. This is like the missing, the missing one. In, in, in once you became a Harryhausen fan, they never showed the Three Worlds of Gulliver from nineteen sixty. Oh yeah, yeah. It's got uh, Kevin McCarthy, right? Uh, I believe, 
uh, who was Sinbad. And I think I think Harryhausen really liked working with him. Or was it Kevin Matthews? Oh, I can't remember. It's and it's not telling me here. Um, Harryhausen Kerwin liked Matthews. Kerwin Matthews. That sounds good. They liked working with him because he had a skill that not everyone has, which is to be able to actually pretend to be fighting something that totally wasn't there. And then later on, Harryhausen would put it there. But that requires like a guy who's he's sword fighting a skeleton or something and he's got to swing his sword and then have it stop suddenly as if a skeleton were hitting his sword with a different sword. Mm. That's not an easy thing to do, but but he made it work. Now, this one's a little odd because it's different from most of Harryhausen's films, which are a story that just strings together the different special effects sequences. This one, uh, there's a lot. It's it's Gulliver. He wakes up and he's in the land of the Lilliputians and, and he's a giant and they're really tiny. It's got excellent process photography to make that happen. It was all done with green screen or yellow screen or some kind of screen. That's all well and good, but I really like the monsters. And there's only two sequences in this movie that really has it. One is a giant squirrel. When he goes to the land of the giants, a squirrel almost kills him. That's pretty cool. But there's a standout sequence where in the, in the land of the giants, they have him fight a baby alligator, which to him, this version of a baby alligator is the biggest alligator ever. And it's an amazing sequence. And there's a scene where he's fighting it with like a little tiny sword and a tiny shield, which is like a thimble. And the the alligator bites on it and the two of them are fighting. And I remember looking at this and I was like, holy crap, how did they do this? Because at this point I understood how stop motion worked and how did they make it look so seamless? That's Harryhausen's amazing gift that he just the patience and the vision to be able to really make it look like cowboys are lassoing a dinosaur, which means at some point the real lasso is replaced with a fake lasso halfway through where I'm looking, I'm desperately looking to see where is the, where's the joining point. He was just so damn good. Um, and it's one reason why stop motion didn't really survive um, Harryhausen's retirement because there's really only about three or four people in the world that can do it right. It's like playing the theremin, you know, it's, <laughs> it's the, inst- it's the instrument that everyone can play badly, but only, only like five people have ever lived who could actually make the damn thing work. So there you go. So three worlds of Gulliver, um, people who like Gulliver's travels, the book do not like this movie because it has no social commentary whatsoever. It, it just, you know, but listen, the book was written like 300 years ago. All that social stuff is kind of gone. You know, it, it, the jokes don't work anymore. All right. It's 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 there if you want to see it. You know, watch the movie, then pick up the book and have your, you know, have yourself elevated or whatever. I mean, this is as good as it's going to get. Nobody wants to nobody wants to see that. All right. All right. Listen, every time go, we're going to make Frankenstein and we're going to we're going to make it just like the book. And then they after they make that statement, everyone goes, yay. Then they read the book and they're like, holy crap, we can't do this. Nobody wants to see this. And then, you know, you get Frankenstein, the true story or something that's wildly, wildly out of kilter with the book. So Three Worlds of Gulliver, it is on Tubi, the Roku channel and Freebie. And I shall send this over to Zach. Well, thank you, Bill. Uh, so I have kind of a theme this week, and I think it's it's uh it's an actor that I think is kind of underrated. So I'm actually going to start with a bit of a cheat because this is something that I've recently recommended, and uh, I recommended uh, a, this show to get prepared for the fourth season, and now the fourth season's on. So I'm going to uh, just kind of cheat and be a lazy ass 
And I'm going to re-recommend, once again, uh, one of my favorite shows of all time, or at least the first season is, and we'll see if the fourth season holds up. I am, of course, talking Mm. about True Detective. Uh, It is an an anthology series, so each season is a different story. Uh, First season's great, second season's terrible, third season's pretty good. Uh, Now the fourth season is on, and we'll see how it is, but I just watched the first episode last night, and so far, so good. Uh, This season features Jodie Foster as a uh, uh, God, I, I think she's a, a chief of police. I don't think she's a sheriff. I think she's a police chief. Uh, she's in a small town in Alaska above the Arctic Circle, and the uh, month of darkness is just starting. And uh, unfortunately, things uh, are off to uh, kind of a strange start because they uh, discover that there are a bunch of guys at a Arctic research station who have all just up and vanished. And uh, if you know anything about the Arctic, when people start vanishing you know that uh, horror is afoot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said, Jodie Foster's in this uh, in this season. Uh, first season, first episode so far, she's great. A couple of other names uh, you may recognize. Fiona Shaw's in there. Of course, everyone remembers her from a 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie, predominantly. A um, couple of new actors and actresses. Uh, there's uh, K- uh, K- Kelly Reyes or Reese Reese. I don't know how to pronounce her name, but she's pretty good in this. She's only actually been in a couple things, so I've never seen her anything. But she's pretty promising. Uh, but I do want to uh, mention John Hawks, and John Hawks is an actor that you've probably seen in something at some point, uh, but you probably don't know his name because he's one of those that guy actors, and that's kind of unfortunate because. I think he's he's incredibly underrated. Uh, so far, I like him in this uh, this show because he's always kind of weird. He always kind of plays kind of weird characters. Uh, and this, it's I'm not quite sure what's going on with the character in this in this uh, this show so far. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I I think he's great. I think uh, he does not get the appreciation. I just don't hear people talk about John Hawks as much as they should. Mm. So, um, anyways, uh, where can you watch True Detective? Seasons 1, 3, and 4, while well, they are all playing on Max, uh, formerly HBO Max. So if you haven't seen the show, you can catch up on the original seasons. Uh, again, seasons 1, 3, and then you can start season 4. And uh, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, if, if you're into, I will also mention that this this uh, this season, if you liked the cosmic horror themes of the first season, that were totally missing in the second and third season. This uh, this season seems to be getting back to those roots. So uh, very promising if you're into that sort of thing. So uh, anyways, speaking of uh, cosmic horror, I will pass this over to Renee for her first pick. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, sometimes when you put a lot of work into the upcoming Q-Tips episode and your partner... Uh, decides to be a bum and just repeat something that they had recommended. Sometimes you just you just got to grin and bear it. And, uh, you know, you just got to you got to fake it till you make it. The number one way to do that is to smile. And that is my recommendation. Is <laughs> 2022. This movie is Smile. And it is about a therapist that has witnessed a traumatic and just horrific incident with a patient and she basically feels like she's now being followed by this, you know, entity, this new kind of dark force. And it, the therapist in question is played by Sosie Bacon. Uh, she is the daughter of Kira Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon. Oh, damn. Yeah, I know. It's try not to think about it too much because she's 30 and then you'll feel old. 
So yeah, she's in this. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Golner is also in this. Who else is in this? Cal Penn is also in this movie. He actually plays a, a therapist, plays it very straight. He's really good in this. Um, yeah, it's it's got a lot of jump scares. And it's one of these movies that I think it's kind of up to you how you want to take it. You can watch this and you can kind of get all deep and, you know, think of all sorts of metaphorical things. Or you can just kind of take it as a light, you know, little jump scary light movie. You don't really have to get that into it to enjoy it, you know, for what it is. So either way, though, I think you will enjoy the movie. If anything else, you'll enjoy the performances. They are quite good. And uh, yeah, this movie is called Smile. And you can watch it on... Well, you can watch it on Prime Video, Fubo, and Paramount Plus, Renee. I think that's what you're going to say. That is what I was going to say, yes, because I think this is the first time in a long time I've recommended a movie that was not available on Tubi. Yeah, so on that note, I will throw this back over to Paul. Why, thank you, Renee. Yeah, I want to second that one. And uh, so um, back to to my suggestions. Uh, Speaking of of someone being slack and recommending something they've already recommended. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right here. So no no I so I uh, I recommended this about a month and a half ago when I had first started watching <laughs> it and but I hadn't really finished it yet so it's finished and I definitely want to second it because it fits my theme of darkly darkly comic very uncomfortable anxiety inducing possibly nightmarish and divisive and it's certainly divisive as well it is the curse playing on Paramount Plus with Showtime. It's a 10-episode limited series by Nathan Fielder and Benny Safdie, starring Nathan Fielder, Benny Safdie, and Emma Stone. And uh, it is uh, about uh, Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone play a kind of a yuppie couple that are trying to start a house um, renovation show on on Home and Garden TV, and Benny Safdie is a a family friend who is uh, a producer for the show and uh, a lot of, there's a lot of terrible people <laughs> and you watch it you're like this person's kind of terrible. This person's kind of terrible. But as you watch it, the characters, the, the characters get more well-rounded as it goes. I think um, they're, they're definitely heavily flawed and not always the nicest people, but you see changes in them. You see um, motivations and I thought it was fantastic. The The finale just recently played. and It was one of those ones where that if it was if the series wasn't divisive enough, the finale made it even more so. There was there was a lot of like videos of what the ending of the curse meant. Um, it <laughs> oh, is, God. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, so so Nathan Field, if you're not familiar with him, he he. So like his first series was Nathan for you, which was sort of, it was a reality show, but he was playing a version of himself, but it got really weird. Um, he did a lot of weird things. I mean, they set up like a fake Starbucks called not Starbucks, which, and <laughs> it's all sorts of strange like this. His second series was even better. It was also kind of a reality show, but also not. Um, it was called the rehearsal where, he has people he supposedly is helping people rehearse for awkward situations but like he does things like this guy the very first episode he's supposed to be meet this guy's supposed to be meeting somebody to talk about them so to rehearse it they build a fully functioning bar that exactly replicates the bar they're going to have this at i mean he does this really weird conceptual stuff um also very kind of awkward this is the first time he's actually like 
playing a, a full-fledged character. And it's different than the Nathan, regular Nathan Fielder characters. He's usually kind of, when he plays himself, he usually plays like a kind of a nebbishy, very kind of very awkward. Here he's awkward as well, but he's also a real asshole, like an utter <laughs> asshole at times. But uh, he does some really neat stuff. And there's some there's some good dramatic chops there. And then, of course, Benny Safdie, him and his brother, the Safdie brothers, their stuff, if you ever watched, um, if you watched uh, Uncut Gems, you'll get an idea of just how uncomfortable kind of drama they can work with and and then of course emma stone is fantastic in it it's just i think it's great again it's very divisive you might watch it and think you might get like i can't even sit through the first episode it's utterly divisive it's terrible um or you might go you might love it um and, and until you get to the last episode and then you might want to kill me as well i don't know i loved <laughs> it. i thought it was fantastic uh it's the curse and it's playing on Paramount Plus with Showtime. But somebody who's not divisive that everyone agrees is great, I'll pass this to Bill Mulligan. Well, thank you. You know what? I am calling a lateral here. I've decided to completely change my second recommendation because I get to recommend two films. Because I was thinking, Woo-hoo! well, Gulliver's Travels. And, and then I was going to do another Ray Harry. I was thinking, but then it reminded me, there was another Gulliver's Travels. And this mm-hmm. one kind of has a cool story behind it. Yeah, it's, it's an animated feature. So Disney releases Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And it makes a mint. People thought he was crazy, a, a feature-length animated film. You're crazy, Walt, they said. But then they saw the money coming in, and they're like, no, everyone loves animated features. So they tried to make a bunch more. And one of the other rivals for Disney were the Fleischer brothers, who did Popeye and Betty Boop. Some really strange cartoons. I mean, I don't know what kind of drugs they had in the 30s, but they must have been pretty good. Because when you watch some uh, of those I, Betty Boops... I think, they had, I think they had the same ones we have now that you're just all legal, Bill. Oh, okay. That's true. I mean, yeah. Coca-Cola had Coke in it. I mean, yeah, Cola. Exactly. So they're, they're fun to watch. So their first one was, sure enough, Gulliver's Travels. And it's a feature-length Fleischer cartoon. Now, here's the problem. Again, they they read the book and they said, Jesus, the only part anyone remembers is where Gulliver is a giant. All the people are small. Let's stick to that one. And, and that was probably <laughs> a wise choice. But this is an odd film. It's beautiful. It's it's I prefer the Warner Brothers style of animation, the Bugs Bunny and stuff. But the Disney stuff, which sometimes left me cold, uh, did have a really artistry to it and a lot of good craftsmanship. I just didn't really enjoy the stories. And the Fleischer guys are in their own little zone. This is kind of like in between the two. It's gorgeous to look at, but it doesn't quite work. And part of the big problem is the fact that Gulliver is portrayed by a real actor who's rotoscoped. Years before um, Ralph, uh, uh, Ralph Bakshi tried to do that with Lord of the Rings. And by the way, it doesn't work. Stop doing that. Please, people, learn from Bakshi. I love Bakshi. Great guy. Wonderful stuff and everything. But you're looking at it, and it's like, geez, man, this just looks like you traced over a bunch of people. There, there's so much you can do with animation by ignoring the fact they don't have to move like real people. But if you mm. rotoscope them, they do. That's kind of the definition. But anyway, he's rotoscoped. And he totally stands out against all the other characters who are done in a more stereotypical, cartoony kind of style. So you've got you've got most of these characters unrealistic, but you know broadly made. And then you've got Gulliver, who really just looks like he's been traced. And then you've got a hero and a heroine that no one gives a rat's ass about, and they're sort of in between the two. It's a musical. Um, I don't know. It doesn't quite work. 
but it, it, it's it's fun to watch and it's it's definitely from a different time. It went wildly over budget and whoever whoever was in charge of you know giving the Fleischers instructions and stuff um, charged them three hundred thousand dollars, big money in nineteen thirty nine for going over budget and started the spiral that destroyed the company. So yeah, no good deed goes undone. It, the movie actually was a success. It wasn't Snow White success, but it was successful enough that everyone was like, hey, let's all make these things. By the time this was over, though, the Fleischer brothers no longer spoke to each other and could only communicate by writing notes back and forth, which must have been hell on earth for the people working there. Their next movie uh, as part of the deal was Mr. Bug Goes to Town, which I remember watching all the time as a kid as Hoppity Goes to Town. And this is this is about, um, this is all very cartoony. They got rid of the rotoscoping, which is a good move, but people don't really want to watch movies about bugs. Hoppity is mm-hmm. like a grasshopper. He's in love with this inappropriately sexy bumblebee, okay? And then everyone else is various. <laughs> I, seriously, just look at the cover. I mean, you know, she's hot. She's She's really cute and everything. And and, you know, it's seeing her with with a bug. He's I mean, you know, he's got a thorax and everything. And she's just got like, you know, legs and breasts. I mean, she's a human with little <laughs> antenna coming out of her head. That's it. That's the sum total of her bugginess right there. OK, God, God. Anyway, nobody wanted to see that. But I really enjoyed the movie. It's it's about a town of bugs and there's like a mean bug. He, he's dressed up like the guy in the top hat from the Monopoly game. And uh, Hoppity is a kind of a carefree spirit. He's trying to lead people around. There's a lot of singing and dancing. There's a scene where like a, a pipe bursts and they're all flooded. And I remember really being traumatized watching this. It's like, dang, that's what it's like when, when we're sprinkling outside on the bugs, you know. But, you know, then you go out and with a magnifying glass and you realize none of these bugs look remotely like the hot girl on the cover. So screw them, whatever. And um, yeah, so this movie, this movie bombed this movie. Mm. I mean, bombed, bombed, bombed. The Marvels look at this movie and say, damn, this it, it lost so <laughs> much money. They kept changing the name. But in fairness, they released the movie and maybe it was going to do OK. Who knows? And then two days later. Pearl Harbor. Okay, nobody wanted no. to watch a cartoon musical about a bunch of damn bugs. Right? I mean, the only thing worse than that is when they released Donnie Darko, which was already going to be a tough sell, and then like two days later, 9-11. Goodbye, Donnie Darko. It's been nice knowing you. No, nobody was in the mood. Um, timing is everything. So this this pretty much ended the, the Fleischer thing. They both submitted their resignations, and, and that was that. So this this movie just completely destroyed a studio and this bombed Pinocchio bombed, which everyone forgets and Fantasia predictably also bombed. So pretty much feature length uh, animation was dead for a while until Disney was able to save themselves and resurrect it. So yeah, this is one of those movies that really kind of changed the face of cinema. Um, Just didn't work out, but you can see them both on, you can see uh, Mr. Bug goes to town, which is, has a bunch of different names. And I think the version that's on Tubi has an even different name, like Bugville or something under any name. Nobody wanted to see it. It's on Tubi and, um, <laughs> Gulliver's travels is on prime video. Fubo Tubi, voodoo canopy. Yeah. Okay. It's in the public domain folks. It's on everything. <laughs> if you've got a television and you just randomly adjust the rabbit ears, you can probably watch Gulliver's travels. So, uh, <laughs> So there you go, and I will send this over once again to Zach. 
Oh, thank you so much, Bill. So uh, I'm going to redeem myself a little bit here, Renee. <laughs> okay, I uh, <laughs> and this this was I, I haven't changed my my recommendation or anything. Um, I, I'm going to stick with what I was already planning to recommend. However, somehow I I have not recommended this TV show. We've been doing this for two years. I've hit all my favorites. Pretty much anything that's on streaming that's worth watching. I think I've already recommended it, but somehow I, I've I've missed this one. So. Uh, I know that uh, Westerns aren't huge. Not everyone's a fan of Westerns. I, myself, I am not a huge fan of Westerns. Um, <clears throat> but my my, first, my second recommendation this week asked the question, uh, what if there was a Western where everyone talked like a character from a Shakespeare play, only with a lot more swear words? Um, so of course the, the show I am, I am, uh, I'm recommending here. If you've seen this, you already know what I'm talking about, but, uh, I'm talking about Deadwood, which mm. uh, only ran for three seasons and every single season is absolutely amazing. Uh, this is about a, a little, uh, a little town in South Dakota appropriately named Deadwood and, uh, it's right on the frontier. So, uh, the, the town itself does not have a whole lot of law and order, although, uh, Timothy Oliphant shows up to try to instill some law and order, but, he has, uh, you know, mixed results because he's going up against Ian McShane, who is uh, responsible for most of the aforementioned uh, swear words. Uh, but this show, okay, so this show, first of all, the connection here is this show also features John Hawks, uh, who is great in the show as as he is in everything. Uh, but this is, a, a, it's got a killer cast. It's got a killer supporting cast. It's got all the regulars are great. Uh, I just want to name, I, I just want to read off some of, the, some of the people that show up in the show. Okay, and you, you guys probably heard of uh, most of these people. Uh, you got Pruitt Taylor v- Vince, uh, I believe one of Renee's favorites. Uh, you got Brian Cox. You, you got Leon Rippey. You got Stephen Tobolowsky. You got Keith Carradine. Uh, you got mm-hmm. Anna Gunn, who, of course, would uh, go on to star in Breaking Bad. Uh, you got Titus Welliver. You got Brad Dourif. Uh, you got Ricky Jay. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a phenomenal cast. But then you also have the late, great Powers Booth, who, uh, the thing I love about this show, Ian Machane is just, like, such a piece of shit in this show. And you hate him so much, and he is just... He seems to be like the most evil character on Earth in this universe. And then Powers Booth shows up. And <laughs> I, I love Powers Booth so much. And he is just, he plays this despicable evil character in the show so well. It's just, it's so good. I mean, you, you love to hate him. Um, so yeah, oh, uh, uh, this one is playing on HBO Max, or excuse me, Max, um, which is its home. It's, it was it an HBO original. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's three seasons. Uh, there's a movie... <clears throat> I I don't know. I uh, you're, you're definitely going to want to watch the movie after you watch the TV show. The movie came out, I think it was like, I don't know, like 15 years. Hold on. Let me let me look this up. So, yeah, the, the show ended in uh, 2006 and the movie came out in t- t- uh, 2019. The movie, I will say, it's kind of like a high school reunion. You you really like seeing, uh, at least because I, I watched the show uh, – probably about 10 years before the movie came out. So it was kind of like catching up with old friends, but then, you know, also it's a little awkward, but anyways, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great show. It's amazing. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of Westerns. And even if you aren't just check the show out, I mean, it's, it's truly one of the most, uh, just the way it's written. Like I said, all the characters, they, they, there's just this very interesting, like in universe way of, 
like a uh, uh, dialogue that's just uh, I don't know I, I think it works really well so mm-hmm. anyways um, so yeah I will uh, I will pass this over to Renee and hopefully she will forgive me for uh, the double recommendation because uh, somehow somehow I miss recommending Deadwood in the last two years <laughs> and, and it is actually like one of my favorite shows of all time so you're right about the dialogue it's beautiful it's it's just you can listen to it endlessly you can watch it's one of those things like early seasons of game of thrones where you can just watch a clip and you mm. just love the characterization and the dialogue and how good it is compared to some I, other things I, it's so it's so good like sometimes it's a little dense like i actually find mm-hmm. myself having to go back and be like wait what are they talking about but it's it's so good it's so good i like it well thank you thank you so much and yes thank you i appreciate that then there's people like Paul, and you know, <laughs> you put all sorts of work and effort into your recommendation, and then the other guy just goes and recommends something that he like just recommended was like a, just a couple weeks ago, maybe I don't know. Oh, I don't the know. nerve, seriously, the nerve, you know. And and how do you how do you get through a moment like that? Well, you just you know you gotta you just gotta fake it till you make it, like I said before. And how do, what's the first step in doing that? Well, you got to smile. That's right. That's my next recommendation from 2009. It is the movie Smile with Armand Asante. Yes, this movie is about a group of college friends who have gone on a hiking trip in Morocco. And they're going to go camping in some super creepy haunted woods. And some things happen along the way. And there's some accidents and some just some really just awful awful things that happened and could it be connected to the camera that she bought from the mysterious man? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, mm. maybe not. I don't know. Okay. But listen, so the movie starts out kind of odd and then it's, it, does, it just doesn't really get any less odd for quite a while. It's a little bit slow. It takes a little while <laughs> and then it starts getting good uh, towards the end. But the very end, I think a lot of times this happens to me where like the very last scene of a movie, I'll just be like, yep, I liked it just because of that one (laughs) scene. So, yeah, that's my recommendation from 2009, the Armand Asante movie Smile. And you can watch it on Tubi and Freebie. So, yeah, uh, I think that is it. Does does anybody have any songs from Gulliver's Travel? (laughs) I think I may remember one from uh, Mr. Bug Goes to Town. Oh. It, yeah, it it's about how Go hot for the, the bee woman is. It, as a matter of fact, it is. It's, <laughs> and I think it's a Doris Day song. It's like, won't you be my little bumblebee? And then she says, buzz around, buzz around, keep a buzzing now. We'll, we will be as happy as can be. You and me, you and me, you and me. After this, we'll do as we please. Da 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 da. And the bumblebees. And so. Be my little baby bumblebee. Buzz around, buzz around, keep a buzzing now. Bring home all the honey love to me. Let me spend the happy hours roving with you amongst the flowers when we get where no one else can see. For the weekend of January 19th, Bill recommended The Three Worlds of Gulliver, available on Tubi, the Roku Channel, and Freebie and Gulliver's Travels, available on Prime Video, Fubo, Hoopla, and Voodoo. And Mr. Bug Goes to Town, available on Tubi, Prime Video, and Pure Flix. All recommended Bo is Afraid, available on Paramount Plus, Hoopla, Showtime, and Fubo. And The Curse, available on Showtime and Fubo. 
I recommended Smile from 2022, available on Prime Video, Fubo, and Paramount Plus. And Smile from 2009, available on Tubi, Screenbox, Voodoo, and Freebie. Zachary recommended True Detective, seasons 1, 3, and 4, available on Max. And Deadwood, also available on Max. Bring home all the honey love to me. Let me spend the happy hours roving with you monks of flowers when we get where no one else can see. Okay, you gotta understand something. I haven't watched this movie since I was a child. And yet, and yet, I'm pretty sure, except for the da 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 part, I, I've, I've nailed it. Keep a buzzing, please. I've got a dozen cousin bees, but I want you to be my baby bumblebee. Buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs>